Good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I am your host, as always, Tony Defio, and I thank you for joining me on this lovely Friday evening in Pittsburgh. And as I always say, wherever you are in Steeler Nation, I hope it's lovely and mild and not raining and not too hot. And who knows, maybe it's the daytime as you're listening to this, if you're not listening live. And it's uh, it's sunny and warm and cozy and whatever else. And before I continue, I'd like to ask you to please like and subscribe to our Behind the Store Curtain YouTube channel, where we bring you live shows each and every day and night of the week, including this show, the Touchdown Under Show, which you saw earlier today, you listened to earlier today with Maddie Peverall and Mark Davison. We have what Ian's talking about. I'm sorry, that's, that's not that's that's an audio. We have we run north with Kevin Tate. We have bad language with Brian Anthony Davis. We have the Hangover with Brian and Shannon and yours truly. We have the Scobro Show with with Dave and Rich. We have Know Your Enemy or the Curtain Call, depending on the time of year, and that's with Jeffrey Benedict and Shannon White. And we have Steelers Preview with. Dave Schofield, Jeff Hartman, and Brian Anthony Davis. And I think it's all of our live shows. I think I got them all. Usually I miss one, but I think I got them all. And of course, you can catch all those live shows also on Facebook Live. And you can catch all those shows after the fact on any audio platform of your choosing. Wherever you can find podcasts, you can find our Behind Still Curtain podcast family. And we also have a whole host of audio only shows, including Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman, Steelers Fix with Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar. We have From the Cutting Room Floor with Jeffrey Benedict. We have The Stat Geek with Dave Schofield. We have What He's Talking About with Kyle Kreiss. We have the War Room with Maddie Peverall. Uh, we have even more shows for you on it. We have just so many shows for you. And, and with the season fast approaching, we're going to be hitting the coverage fast and hard and heavy. So please check out our audio audio only platform again on any place where you can find podcasts. And of course, check out Behind the Show Curtain, the website. We're bringing you news, commentary, film breakdown. It's your one-stop shop for all your Steelers' needs. And let's welcome people into the live chat. Let's see who we have here. I think uh, Kathy Ford was in uh, first, and she says, hello, Tony. Hey, Tony. Jared Devil finished second. Steeler Chick 46. George Teston's in here. I saw him somewhere. Just me's here. I haven't seen Just Me in a while. Just Me is with us. And uh, Jorge Rico is with us, and he says, I'm still calling it Heinz Field, hence the name of the uh, the podcast tonight, Reginald Rivers, who says, what's up, Steel Nation from Bartlett, Tennessee. Mario is with us, and we have a nice nice crew tonight. So um, before I get to the topic, I, I have our six-pack of questions, and Greg Morris is joining us, as I say that, from Facebook. 
And I'll, I'll give you the first four, and they come to you via Jeff Hartman, the editor of Behind the Star Curtain. And these are six questions that we will go over after I'm done with my topics. In addition to answering your usual comments and questions, we'll go over these questions and see what your answers are. And number one from Jeff is, the Steelers will be, will, will be reporting to St. Vincent College on July 26th for training camp. If you were to guess one player who will have a big entrance, who would it be? And boy, I can't. I hope it happens because I know, and this is just my opinion, but I, I know it's going to cause a, a, a huge uh, hoopla, a lot of outrage in today's world of where everybody's always outraged. I can't wait. So anyway, that's question number one. Question number two is a follow-up to question number one. What would that grand entrance be? Would it be a James Harrison on a fire truck type entrance? Brett Kiesel on a tractor? Antonio Brown in a helicopter? And you can see the evolution when Harrison and Kiesel did their thing. That was like, it was funny. But by the time we got to the helicopter with Antonio Brown, it was outrage. So that's question number two. Question number three, TJ White got hitched this past week and he got married to his longtime girlfriend. The teammates, both current and former who were in attendance made me think it had to be a tough call as to who got the invite and who didn't. How would you go about making that tough call on who got invited and who didn't? Pretty uh, pretty interesting question. And question number four from Jeff. And this is, this is a doozy. What were your overall thoughts of the new name of the Steelers Stadium, Acroshore Stadium? And those are his four. And I will give you question number five. What would you have called it instead of Acroshore Stadium? That's my question. Question number six, and this is another uh, easy one because I, I always go easy. What's your favorite sport and favorite team of that sport besides football, besides the NFL? What's your favorite sport and team that plays that sport? So those are the six questions that you can ponder, you can go over uh, later on in the show. Uh, but until then, I'm going to go over my topics for tonight's show. And uh, topic number one, and that's the uh, the big news of the week, and that was the Steelers announced. I guess it, people say, you know, it was, it was the uh, that the name of that company that, that does all. I, I should have looked this up. <laughs> Dave Schofield probably knows it. The name of the company that oversees the uh, Heinz Field and PNC Park and, you know, that authority, whatever it's called. Uh, they announced that the, that Heinz field would, will be now called Acroshore stadium. And of course this caused a big uproar. Um, I think we were, we were all preparing for a name change. If you can use that word for such a thing, uh, as far back as last year, when it was known that the rights to the stadium, the naming rights would be up after the 2021 season, there was a, a, a decent chance that the name would be changed, that a new, a new sponsor would, would be on the uh, face of the stadium. But I, I think most people assumed it would be a, a Pittsburgh company, uh, UPMC, Iron City, Primani Brothers, Dix, uh, you name it, something more, um, Civic, like uh, you know, Rooney Field or or the new Three Rivers or whatever, uh, the Confluence, 
Uh, but, you know, we were all caught off guard by the name, Aquashore Stadium. Nobody knew what that was or what the company did or what it represented. So uh, it was a, it's a company based in Michigan, some kind of tech firm, insurance company. I don't know. But that's the new name of the stadium, Aquashore Stadium. Um, so that's what it's going to be named for the next 15 years because that's the, uh, the agreement between the company and the people who will be receiving the money, the Steelers and that, that other company that oversees the, <laughs> the name that I can't think of. Maybe you guys can put it in the, uh, in the, uh, what's it called? Uh, in the comment section. All right, so it's it's it, the name has been changed, and we've had five days to to discuss it, and so many people out there are already um, vowing never to call it anything but Heinz Field. It would always be Heinz Field to me, they say, and T-shirts have been made. Uh, I'm sure there's a meme out there somewhere. I'm sure there's a bumper sticker already out there. I'm sure they 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 have a lot of uh, memorabilia down on in Station Square already. It's always going to be Heinz Field. Okay, fine, but the official name is Aquashore Stadium. That's what they're going to going to call it during every broadcast. That's what they're going to call it whenever they introduce Steelers before every game. Um, it's going to be Acrisure Stadium. And why? Because Acrisure Stadium will be paying them $150 million, $10 million a year uh, between now and the end of the agreement, 15 years from now. That's why. You know, and people are wondering, oh, why, why couldn't they name it Rooney Field? And why couldn't they name it UPMC Stadium? Or why couldn't they name it the Iron City Bowl? Because none of those, or why couldn't they rename it for Heinz Field? We keep the name Heinz Field. Because none of those sponsors stepped up to pay 150 million. You know, Heinz Field when it when it won the uh, rights in 20 or in 2001, it paid 57 million. You know, get it, Heinz 57, 57 million, which is roughly three million a year, give or take. Uh, so, evidently, they did not want to pay anywhere near what Acrisure decided to, to pony up for the new naming rights. So that's why it was changed. And UPMC didn't want to pay that, apparently. Um, nobody else wanted to pay that kind of money. Acrisure did. And that's why they are now the proud owners of the name of the Steelers and the Pitt Panthers football venue. And Art Rooney said as much the other day in the introductory press conference, he said, you know, they, they had, you know, this was the best deal for us. This was the best deal. Uh, Thomas Tall, one of the uh, minority owners, he helped broker the deal. He has a, uh, a relationship with this company. Uh, and as far as everybody's concerned, everybody who negotiated this deal, this is going to help the Steelers and I assume the Panthers be more competitive, you know, and that's the bottom line. 
when it comes to something like this. It's not about um, nostalgia. It's not about sentimentality. It's about doing something uh, that makes your football team more competitive. And that's, that's what all these owners care about. You know, you could talk about um, doing the quote unquote right thing, but you know, really when, when they named it Heinz field 21 years ago, they did that because Heinz field gave them the best deal. And yes, Heinz field is a Pittsburgh based company. Not as much now as it, as it, as it was back then, but it's still closely tied to Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, I get why people care about that kind of thing, but at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for your, for your football team. And you, and you have to give your football team the, the the best chance to succeed. And that's what they did with this deal. Uh, they're all pretty excited about, about this, helping them be more competitive. So let's see what happens. In the meantime, all we have to do is, is get used to calling it Acroshore Stadium and not Heinz Field. But if you want to call it Heinz Field, that's okay too. It's a free country and you won't get in trouble. Uh, they still have to call it Acroshore Stadium though. Uh, so you can't fault them for, for putting that up on, on the, for, for changing the name. Cause that's, that's what they're being paid to do. Um, you know, it could be worse, you know, uh, they could change the name of the team. Uh, they could change the uniforms to completely different, a completely different color scheme, like red and orange or something. Uh, they could, uh, move to Washington County, which they threatened to do in the mid nineties if they didn't get a new stadium. So, you know, there's lots of things that could that, that could have happened that they're a lot worse than changing the name of a stadium. You know, we're all going to get used to it. This is all going to be ancient history. And probably I'd say I'd give it a, a couple of, of uh, months. The way uh, news is, re, is, is cycled through now, the news cycle is so fast and furious in 2022. We'll all be mad about something else by Tuesday and, and by September, when the season starts, we'll have forgotten about the name of the old, the old name of the stadium. You know, I think part of the problem with this is uh, I don't think, and I said this on, on Monday on the hangover with Brian, we're just not used to this kind of thing in, 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 in Pittsburgh because the names of, of the sporting venues for years were, were civic, civically named Forbes field three river stadium, uh, the civic arena, you know, but then other than, other than, um, when, 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 but, but then Mellon arena or I'm sorry, civic arena was renamed Mellon arena, you know, years ago. And then of course three river stadium was torn down and in its place were uh, Heinz Field and PNC Park. And that was the name of those two uh, venues from day one. So I think people kind of, you know, maybe forgot that, hey, these are sponsors. This isn't some civic name. These are sponsors. These are sponsors paying both the, the Pirates and the Steelers uh, a lump sum of money uh, to call those venues PNC Park and Heinz Field. So I think people forgot about that. So when you when you hear... You, you've known it as Heinz Field for so long that you know, it, it feels civic. It feels like a civic thing to you, like a, like, but it's really not. You know, Heinz Field, or I'm sorry, Heinz 
Kraft Heinz, the company, from what I understand, is like made twice as much money last year as Acrisure Stadium, or I'm sure Acrisure Stadium, Acrisure whatever insurance, and uh, yet they didn't want to pony up nearly as much money. So I think what this amounts to is Heinz knowing that hey, look, we're Heinz. Everybody knows who we are, and we're not going to pay that kind of money for naming rights anymore. Acrisure is like nobody knows who we are, uh, so this is a good way to to become more of a, a national brand. So I think that's what you had here. You had you know, Heinz saying we don't need we don't need to pay you, and we don't really need you. Everybody knows who we are, and Acrisure needing to make uh, a name for themselves, and they partnering up with the Steelers and with Heinz Field and with the Panthers to do that. So uh, this is this is the new norm for for sports venues in the 2000s and in, in, in the 21st century. This has been a, a, a thing now for, for two decades and it's not going to change anytime soon. If it would have happened 15, 20 years ago, there'd be a a small uproar over it and then it would go away. But, you know, like when Steely, when Steely McBean was introduced, what, 15, 16 years ago, people were appalled that this was what the, the team mascot looked like. And, you know, they expressed their thoughts, but it kind of went away. It died down, you know? Um, but if, if Steely McBean was introduced today as, as a new team mascot, uh, there'd be like 50 million comments about it and 20 million jokes and 40 gazillion retweets and memes. And uh, they'd, they'd devote entire radio segments to it. And there'd be articles written about it and blogs and podcasts devoted to it. Uh, you know, so that, that's just kind of what, what you have with this name changes is, is, you know, Years ago, the, the outrage was more localized when it came to something like a name change of, of a venue. Now it's worldwide, and you know, like we're, we're bombarded by it, and and you know, it's 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 amplified, and it's all at once, and it's really really uh, pronounced for a few days or a week, and then it dies down, which I expect this to happen. So that's pretty much all I have to say about about the the. Um, the stadium name change. It's, it's really not that big of a deal. It in the long run, it's going to be something that we're all going to be used to. And in the long run, it should help the Steelers remain competitive or be more competitive. How I don't know, I guess with, um, with renovations, maybe, uh, you know, so let's let's be honest. That's that stadium's twenty one years old now, and I think it's a perfectly fine stadium. But you know, the NFL sports owners are all about keeping up with the Joneses, and, and they always feel like they're they have to do whatever they can to create more or better revenue streams. And speaking of which, you know, the, the Jerry Dome or Jerry World, whatever it's called. Uh, you know, that's, that's 10 years younger than Heinz field and the amenities are 20 times better. So like I mentioned months ago, don't be surprised if in a few years they're looking to 
to move on uh, from Akershore Stadium and they're going to want to build a new one. And that'll be a whole new struggle for, for the city and the fans and the citizens and the team. Uh, so be prepared for that. Uh, a name change down the road might seem like nothing when it, when it comes to that. So that's all I had to say about that. Uh, the second thing I wanted to talk about has to do with the, uh, the quarterback competition at, at, in training camp. And we all know it's supposed to be a, a three-way competition. Most people think it's a two-way competition, but regardless of how it shakes out, this is going to be one of the first preseasons in a long time where the eventual starting quarterback is going to get plenty of reps in the preseason, whether it's Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, or, or uh, long shot Mason Rudolph, the, New starting quarterbacks is it, when he, when when the season starts, he's not going to be dealing with rust. Uh, that was always a concern with Ben Roethlisberger, because really starting in 2015, he barely played in the preseason. Um, you know, there there were games where, where Landry Jones and whoever else would start and play the entire game, and uh, Ben wouldn't see any action at all. Uh, and and mo- the, all the action he did he did see starting in 2015 through last through last year, a couple of series, maybe a half a quarter, and that was it, you know. And it really didn't seem to ma- bother him. I know it bothered the fans and it bothered the media, um, but you know you have to protect your most precious resource, and that's the quarterback when you have a great one. And and they, and they did for the better part of those six seven years. So. Um, there was no need for, for Roethlisberger to, to play in the preseason or play, play a lot, but this year they need to see, um, what their, their next starting quarterback looks like in the preseason. They need to see as much as they can from all three of these guys. Um, so I expect, uh, Mitch Trubisky to start all three games. I really do. I, I expect him to start all three games. And play at least a quarter in each, maybe uh, a quarter in the first game, a half in the uh, the dress rehearsal game. Now game number two, and a quarter in in, in the uh, third game. And I expect Pickett to play at least a quarter in, in all three games. And same with uh, Ru- Rudolph. I expect all three of those guys to get significant time. And you, know, you can't worry about injury. You can't worry about uh, you know fatigue or anything like that you have to find out what you have and whether or not this guy is going to be ready for the start of the season so uh it's 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 kind of a shame to say it i guess but you can't really worry about whether or not these guys get hurt because until they prove otherwise you know they're not precious commodities just yet so my gut is telling me, and 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 this is before training camp even starts. I mean, that 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 can change rather quickly. But my gut tells me that it's probably going to be Trubisky that winds up winning the job. How long he holds on to the job will be determined by obviously the overall performance of the team, but specifically him. Um, if things are going well, if they're six and two after eight games or whatever. 
then he'll probably keep the, keep the job. But if they're uh, floundering on offense or if they're, if they're uh, below 500, then I can certainly see a scenario where Kenny Pickett, even if he, even if he's not playing lights out, if he, if he didn't play lights out in the preseason, I could see a scenario where he is, he becomes the starter because then you're moving on to the future. By that point, you may have felt like if you're the Steelers, you may feel like you, you, you know what everything there is to know about Mitch Trubisky. And now you want to find out about the guy you drafted in the first round and you want to get him uh, as many live reps as you can, as much experience as, as you can during his rookie year. And hopefully uh, if you're just for the Steelers sake, you hope that, that he keeps you competitive and that he keeps you in the hunt until the end of the year. So my gut tells me it's going to be Trubisky that wins the job, but certainly wouldn't shock me if Kenny Pickett somehow uh, started the year as the number one guy. Mason Rudolph, like I always say, he's, he's the wild card. You just don't know. But those are my thoughts on that. I, I, I don't anticipate anybody getting preferential treatment. In term, when, when, I, when I say that, I mean um, getting protected this preseason. I, I think Mike Tomlin's going to throw caution to the wind with these guys and, and see what he has in all three of his core, even – Aladokan, uh, he, he might get some time, but specifically uh, his top three quarterbacks, he, he's going to throw them all out there and, and, and maybe even mix and match. You know, uh, I said earlier, Trubisky might, might he's probably going to start all three. He should start all three games. Maybe he, he starts games one and two, but maybe Pickett starts game three, but Trubisky comes in and, and, and plays them and, and in the second quarter or the second half, even, um, I don't know. It, it's a whole new world. It's, it's something that we're not used to and we haven't had to worry about for two decades, close to two decades anyway. So it's going to be an interesting camp in that regard and certainly an interesting preseason. So those are my thoughts on that. And one more thing I wanted to talk about is the penguins development and how it, and I'm going to try to relate it to the Steelers because uh, I think it reminds me an awful lot of how they operated the last few years. And that's the news. Actually, it came in, in it came in, uh, I, I guess, about a week apart, maybe a few days apart. They, the Penguins agreed to a, a deal to retain Chris Letang, their famed defenseman. And then just the other day, they surprised everybody by agreeing to a new deal with Evgeny Malkin, Gino Malkin. Uh, those two, along with Sidney Crosby, that means that the core of their last three Stanley Cup championships is still intact. Um, but all these guys are, are in their mid-30s now, and, and by the time their current contracts run out, they're all going to be pushing 40 or, or over 40. So... Um, I think it surprised people that, that they kept all three. I think most experts and fans were expecting them to move on from at least one of those guys, if not two, um, with, with Sid being the lone 
the lone uh, main, you know, the, the, obviously the one of the best players, the second best player in, in franchise history, uh, with him being the the, uh, the the lone leftover. But they kept all three, and it kind of reminds me of of what the Steelers did with Ben over his last few years. There were people who won, wanted them to move on from him that he was you know, getting too old to be effective. And you, you can certainly see that over his last couple of years or so. But at the same time, um, were there better options out there at quarterback for them to be a competitive team in 20 in, in 2020 and 2021. And to me, you'd be hard pressed to find uh realistic options that were better than Ben Roethlisberger as far as keeping Pittsburgh competitive. And I think you can say the same thing about the the Penguins and their, and their core. Um, Are they going to win a a Stanley cup with these three guys now at this point, they're all again in their mid thirties. Probably not. They've all, you know, they've gone out in the first round of the playoffs for four straight years. They won the cup in 16 and 17. And then they, they what they lost in the second round in, in 2018 or no, I think, yeah, the second round in 2018. And then the last four years have gone out in the first round. So it looks like their run is over. However, are they, uh, are there, are there better options out there for them uh, to remain competitive? Uh, say they got rid of Malkin and Latang and they brought in, maybe some younger players to play along Sid, because they're not going to get rid of Sid at this point. He's still, even though he's, he's going to be 35 next month, he's still one of the best players in the NHL and he's playing, you know, as well as, as just about anybody in the NHL overall. Um, he's probably not the, the best player anymore, but he's certainly playing at a high level for his age. Uh, so they, you know, say they kept him around and surrounded him with, with other younger talent. Would it, would it be enough, uh, to win, you know, and, and probably not this core, even though it's unlikely that they're going to win a a cup, another cup with this core at this point of their careers, it's still their best chance to be competitive. I think that was the same way with Steelers and Ben. Uh, And, and, and you can see why, why both franchises have operated the way that they have, because once you've given the fans uh, a taste of a championship or, or multiple championships, and then you have all the sellouts and, and, you know, I, I think the Penguins sellout streak ended last year, last season at some point, but it's still, it's, 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 they have a huge following. They have great ratings and um, to go from that to, a, to starting over, it's a hard thing to do when you've already tasted that success. You know, it's one thing to get close and fail and get, you know, get close and fail. And then, all right, that's it. We have to, we have to blow the thing up and start over. But, but once you, you saw that with the Steelers a lot in, in the nineties, you know, they got close uh, for six years, but they could never get over the top. And then it was time to move on. And they had to, they had to kind of reload their roster. And by the early two thousands, they were ready to compete again. Yeah, they, there were some lean years there. Um, we've seen that in the past with the Penguins. You know, after the Mario years, uh, in the mid 
to late eighties into the early nineties, uh, into the mid nineties when they were still really, really competitive. Once, uh, they kind of jumped the shark, so to speak. Uh, and Mario finally, uh, although he never really retired until uh, he kept retiring and coming back. He was still playing when Sid was there early on, but it was certainly, there, there were certainly some lean times after they decided to, to, um, to rebuild in the early two thousands. But, uh, once you get back up on top and once you start winning again, like both Pittsburgh, both these teams did recently, it's hard to move on from that. And, and, you know, you want to keep that, you know, the, the people most responsible for that success, you want to keep them around and the fans demand that you keep them around because they've experienced so much, you know, you know these players have given these fans so many great memories. Um, it's hard for them to move on. So, you know, you're trying to remain competitive. You're also trying to, to, put out the most popular product that you can. It's going to continue to, to keep the fans coming to the arena, to the stadium. It's going to keep the fans continuing to, to, to tune in. So you can kind of see the parallels there. You know, again, the chances of, of winning again with this core, whether it's the Penguins or with Ben and a couple other people uh, that, that he had around him, the chances of, of winning – you know, once they get to a certain point of their careers, the chances are pretty slim. But you still, it's still your best chance. And I think that's what we're seeing with the Penguins and in, in, in this decision to sign these uh, veterans and keep them together. So I just thought that was pretty interesting because I don't really, I'm not much of a hockey fan, so I can kind of look at things more objectively when, when, when uh, uh, talking about them. And, you know, it's clear to anybody who's, who's followed sports for any length of time that it's a young man's business. And by and large, the teams that win championships are collectively young, younger on the younger side. And once you get to a certain point, you know, those teams kind of die off and are replaced by, by uh, fresher, younger teams. And they, and, and, they're, and they dominate for a while. Um, so I can kind of look objectively at the Penguins and see that they're going through what the Steelers just went through. And, but I can also see why it's hard for them to let go of their core and move on and and start over. So those are all of my topics for the night. And now I will take some time and, and answer your six pack questions or any other questions and comments that you may have. All right. This is from Greg. Greg, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm lapsing tonight. And Greg Morris from Facebook. And he says, it doesn't matter what the name is of the stadium. Tom need, needs to prepare his team much better to play on the field. Well, it's always been a, always going to be a criticism of any head coach when you don't win. You uh, fans often view it as a, a matter of preparation and not simply a matter of talent, which I think that's been the main problem over the last decade or so is the Steelers are on, have been on the other end of the championship cycle, but to their credit, they've managed to remain somewhat competitive in, in the mean, in, you know, in, in the meantime. 
Ron Schultz says keeping the scoreboard will make this kerfuffle go away. Maybe, maybe. Kathy Ford says, I always like Three Rivers, not a great fan of corporate sponsorship, although I understand it. Worst thing is trying to get tickets. Yeah, well, that's 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 a big problem if you're um if you're a longtime Steeler fan because they've been they've been uh selling out every year of my entire life, 50 years. And Steelers Freak, as I alluded to earlier in the show, says they will have a new stadium before the 15-year contract is up. Got to keep up with the Joneses. And really, that's literally when you're talking about Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, people like that. You look at the Chargers Stadium. Um, the Georgia Dome was just torn down after after opening in 1996. Within the last five years, there's a new Dome Stadium in Atlanta. So the Atlanta, uh, the Braves, They've played in three new or three different stadiums, I think. Yeah, three different stadiums since the 90s. They went from Fulton County to another one and just to another one. Fairly recently, they opened up a new one. I mean, these, these stadiums, they in ballparks, they they go fast. Uh, it, catches, it really creeps up on you. Um, you know, people think it still feels like, high, I almost said it, Accra Shore Stadium just opened. And meanwhile, it's 21 years old. Uh, same with PNC Park. But, you know, by the time Three River Stadium was that old in 1991, the mayor was calling for a new baseball only and a new football only venue. Uh, so, yeah, these uh, these venues don't last. I mean, a, a house lasts 100 years, but a, a sports venue seems to be antiquated after a couple of decades. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I think PNC Park's safe because uh baseball stadiums i guess they can last a little bit longer but these football stadiums with uh you know the luxury suites and there's so many different revenue streams and uh yeah they're they usually don't seem to stand up to the test of time and and they have to be torn down and and replaced within two or three decades All right. Let's see what else we have here. Randall Jordan from Facebook says, it's all about the money. That's why advertisers have to have their name on everything in sports. That's right. I mean, that's why you can't, you know, when people talk about Heinz ketchup, like it's like some local treasure, it's still a Fortune 500 company worth billions and um you know when they first when they won the rights in 2001 that was a business decision you know dan rooney or whoever was in charge of of brokering that deal they didn't reach that deal out of the goodness of their hearts they did it because they were the highest bidder and uh, some people from a while a while ago informed me that i was frozen yes that was a very difficult time in my life 20 minutes ago Brian Brown says of Akershore Stadium, field goals are hard for opponents. Makes it a great stadium. Yeah, well, not as hard as it used to be. Oh boy, it took a it took a good decade or so for all kickers, uh, home and visitors, to get used to Heinz Field. But I think they've they seem to have figured it out. I think the 
the uh, the improvement in, in the quality of the turf has helped a lot too. I think that's helped a lot with with uh, making field goals a lot easier at, at I almost said it again, Aquashore Stadium. <laughs> Jerry Cherry Band, who brings us our great musical content. What a talented cat that guy is. And he says, don't like the Cowboys, but I'm a fan of the owner's name. Yeah, uh, I can see why, Jerry. Uh, your, your, your name is Cher- Cherry Jones, I think, right? No, I'm just kidding. Jerry Cherry. This is this is uh, from St- State of the Steelers. Tony, do you see the Steelers having a package for Kenny Pickett? No, I don't. Because the reason why I say that is because I don't think his skill set, as far as you know, when you say package, I, you know, I think of something you know, like a like an RPO kind of a thing. His skill set, as far as being able to run and mobility, I don't see that being any different than what Mitch Trubisky can provide. So it wouldn't be much of a change of pace. It wouldn't be anything crazy for the defense to have to prepare for. So no, I don't see anything as far as, as uh, Kenny Pickett getting a, a rule in, 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 the, in games like, uh, like uh, um, Cordell used to do, or, or uh, what's the guy's name with the saints. I can't think of any, it's, it's the off season. Uh, the guy who signed the, the huge con- I don't even, I still don't know what what the hype is about that guy and, and, and with the Saints that the guy that can that, that was always Drew Brees' uh, uh, change up what's his name yeah I don't, I don't see that with Kenny Pickett no but that's a good question uh, what, what I see is that all or nothing um, for whoever wins the uh, starting quarterback job. And this is from Claude Bishop. Mitch will win the job and keep it for this season unless an injury sidelines him. An injury or poor play. I mean, if if Mitch is not getting the job done, if the if the offense is floundering, if the team is floundering, if Mike Tomlin feels like a change of pace, a a, a different arm, a different quarterback, uh, could spark the offense, then he's going to make a change. Um, but if if Mitch is if he's uh, if he finds his footing as a starting quarterback again in the NFL, then you know this could be a red shirt red shirt year for Kenny Pickett. I think the team's going to have to remain competitive all year for that to happen because I think they want to get Pickett in there by no later than year two. I think it, it, it'd be foolish to keep your number one draft pick quarterback on the bench for two years because yeah, you have five years with him, but you need to find out about him probably by your, by his third year. Uh, so for them, that would be year four of his contract. And then at that point they can decide where they go with him moving forward. Is he the guy for them for the future? Brian Brown says, I think if the Steelers can stay healthy, this scheme, this team can really go far. Well, certainly if the defense can remain healthy. That front seven, if the defensive line, I think we all know uh, what they have in, in, in Cam and TJ and Minka, they're, they're the three big guys, but, you know, but obviously they need contributions from, from Alulu and, and now um, Joby and, and of course, Alex Highsmith, Devin Bush needs to step it up. They have Miles Jack, which could turn out to be a great pickup for them. And, you know, Levi Wallace and 
maybe Akilah Willerspoon can turn into a really fine young cornerback. So yeah, certainly the defense um, can give them a chance to to if it if it's if it's close to 2019 or or pre-injury 2020, then this defense can can keep them competitive. Now, like I said before, if the quarterback play and the offensive line play really improves, then this team can do something. Uh, what I don't know, but maybe better than seven and a half wins, which is the odd, which is what they're predicting in Vegas. And this is this is a a, a different opinion from just me. And she says, "No, Pickett's going on full force, meaning Pickett is going to be the the starter from day one." And wouldn't that be exciting? And Steelers Freak points out something very uh, important. It's actually six years, but the Steelers have gone seven years. He says without winning a playoff game. This is a new lean era. Well, I mean that's kind of. I mean it's kind of it's it's kind of interesting what. How, how similar this past decade was to what was going on in the 80s into the early 90s with Chuck Noll. I mean, they were uh, they were fairly competitive through the mid-80s, and then they really fell off into the early 90s. From the mid-80s through the early 90s, they only made the playoffs once. They only won one playoff game. And and with the last decade, they they – they kind of fell off right after that Super Bowl run. You know, they missed the playoffs for a couple of years, but then they got it back together again and, and they were fairly competitive up through 2017 and the 2018. And then they, for various, I mean, they, they still made the playoffs. I, I hate to say uh, it, it's not a, an exact perfect comparison because they did make the playoffs more, but they weren't competitive in the playoffs. <laughs> and that's, that's uh, you know, something that has to change. Uh, in the, in the near future. And Daniel J from another one from Facebook asked how much of a leash does Mitch have? Well, I think as we, we've said uh, so far, I think he, he has a leash that's long enough provided he plays well. Now, now, you know, if, if, if he's playing lights out and the team's struggling, he's still going to stay in there. You know, if the team is failing to, you know, maybe not producing on defense or whatever, then he's going to stay in it. So his leash is, you know, I, I don't see Tomlin yanking him out after one game, obviously. I think if he's struggling, say he struggles out of the gate, I'd give him a month. So that that's, that's about, you know, I give him four games if, if he's struggling from day one. And this is these are some of the the six pack questions from Steeler Chick forty six. Answer to Tony's one and two, you know, first and second question. Chris Boswell showing up in a Brinks money truck. Well, that would be something. That would certainly cause a stir. And Kathy Ford says, "I love this one." Claypool arrives by parachute. Wouldn't that make people angry? That would that would be so good. I'd love it, provided he doesn't get hurt. And of course, you know, if he parachutes in, there's only one thing, you know, that would suck. All right. Brian Brown asks, Tony, do you think the Steelers will lead the NFL in sacks again? Uh, I think there's a pretty good chance they, they record 50 plus again. I don't know, but, uh, you know, it's hard to say if they, if they, you know, if they can lead 
the NFL. If they stay healthy, I mean, you look what they did as a compromised unit in a lot of ways last year. You know, if if uh, if Ogan Joby can provide the kind of pressure he did last year, if, say he, you know, he's he can stay healthy. Uh, obviously, Cam Hayward, we we know what he can do, and if Highsmith can step it up, and you know, look out, Patricia. Costanda asked, who do you think will be the backup running back? Benny Snell Jr. All right. It is now 9.51. Wow. Anyway, it's 9.51, and it's time to call it a night. It was fun talking to you guys tonight. Um. I'm gonna go have some dinner, I guess. I was gonna maybe do karaoke, but it's 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 too late for me. I'm 50. I'll probably maybe maybe another night. But instead, I'm I'm probably just gonna go to sleep. Until I talk to you on Monday on the hangover with Kyle Christ will be joining us and me and Shannon filling in for Brian. You guys have a great weekend. Please keep checking back to behind the circle curtain the website. Keep checking out our podcast. Training camp is 11 days away. So we're going to have great coverage for you. You're not going to be disappointed, uh, but you have a great weekend. And as always go Steelers. Goodbye, everybody.